0: Uh, nominated candidates, recognized candidates, and at first we're going to ask each one of them to get up and make a presentation to the group and tell you why uh, they should be selected as the next WASCO chief. And we're going to give them a sufficient amount of time to be able to do that. Then. Uh, after that, after they 've completed their statements, then we 're going to ask or have some time for you in the audience to be able to ask them questions and we 're going to try to get as many questions and their responses in as we can uh, before about nine thirty this evening so we 've got you know uh, a couple hours if we need a couple hours okay so we may ask that you know you limit your question rather than make a 10-minute speech get asked the question and which candidate you would like to have answer the question or maybe you want to ask it of all of them Okay, all right Randy asked, where are we in uh, our you know selection process?" And we've had a, a number of meetings. I can't really re- recall how many, you know four or five or more. And uh, un- un- unfortunately, we haven't been able to yet decide you know how as, as a group how we're going to select you know, the next Wasco chief. There have been a lot of suggestions, you know, uh, by airship or lineage. Or someone said the last time we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago, well, uh, maybe we should just let the men decide. And, uh, you know, of course, that didn't go over too well with the women in the group. Uh, So no one has been able yet to decide about what kind of traditional to agree upon a traditional or customary process. So so late later late later this evening, excuse me. you was the chief and you gotta ask a question like that, well where are we? And you're supposed to be the chief. Well, shouldn't you know that? Where are we? Yeah I, I'm trying to explain where we are. yeah okay, I'm I'm not running for chief and I'm I'm not gonna be not a chief. So please I, I'm just up here I'm just up here, I've agreed to help facilitate and moderate these meetings Uh, and that's all I'm trying to do, to help us get to a decision, okay? So later later this evening, uh, a proposal to have an election is going to be passed out, handed out, a written proposal and it's in draft form and so we're going to try to save some time to discuss that and then uh, we've tentatively you know, planned to have and proposed to have another follow-up meeting to this one about two weeks from now to kind of keep going forward in the process. So that's where we are, Randy. Sure, go ahead.
1: going to have to understand that. We've got to watch those on the north end, we've got to on the south end, we've got to all around surrounding crowds. It that comes from the country river because it's really your background. Not by heresy, but how you was taught, not with your read, in the books, or what you see, you got to look between your lines with your heart, how you was told by generation and generation. Not really if I have to quickly see the book and tell them the promises. Because our stories come from our hearts. Not much written, not even in that paper. Prove what we did. But our stories.
0: Thank, thank you, Sacred Heart, for your, for your words. So, uh, tonight, uh, the first part of the agenda, is we're going to ask the candidates to address the audience. And I, I, I know they've all been invited. Um, pretty much they're all here. So, uh, let's get started with that. Um, if, without, if, there's any, if there's no objection... Can we just go by alphabetical order? Is that all right? Does it matter? <laughs> okay. Uh, not first name. Not first name, last name. Okay. And I, and, and I know every Wasco can read and write though so, English. So, and and uh, we have uh, uh, Marge has Margie has agreed to uh, be a timekeeper for us if we need. If we need a timekeeper, so you know uh, uh, we're going to ask you to to you know ask you to keep your comments to about five minutes or so. You know uh, we're not going to bring out the hook, you know, and take you off the stage or whatever. But we'll just you know we want to be respectful of each other here tonight. You know our candidates are here to inform you about you know why the reasons why they should be the next chief, and you're here, hopefully, to be informed uh, and then be able to ask questions in order to be even better informed at the end of the meeting. So uh, without further ado, Mr. Bruno.
2: everyone. Um, The first thing I'd like to do is I would like to recognize my Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of us were known by him before we even formed in our mother's wombs. And for that, I thank him and all of the gifts and talents that he's given me over the years. I would also like to honor Uptwai Nelson Willowiton and his family for the years of service that he gave up and the family gave up to serve our people, and the legacy that he left behind in where he's brought us today. My last name is Bruno, but I'm actually a Polk. Uh, the Bruno family is from the Polk uh, family. My grandfather's name was Jerry Polk, and the Bruno boys uh, at a young age, Keen. Uh, And uh, his brother adopted uh, Jerry Bruno, and when he grew up, he took the last name Polk, so I'm actually a a Polk family. During my grandfather's time, Jerry Polk, Jerry Bruno, was a time when uh, the treaties and constitutions were being forced upon Indian nations across the United States and my grandfather was the tribal chairman of the council when the um, constitution and bylaws were formed and passed by the people, and uh, following that on the corporate charters three years later, 1938 um, or 1934, George Meacham was then the president, and I'm assuming that was. The chairman when that was passed. My father's name was Urban Bruno. His Indian name was Simila. He was three quarters Roscoe, one eighth Malala, and one eighth Klamath. And my mother's was Mary, and she was one half Turtle Mountain Chippewa Indian and one half French Canadian. And I'm Garland Bruno, and my Indian name is Stowai. I'm three-eighths Wasco, one-sixteenth one one-fourth Chippewa, and one-fourth French-Canadian. Some of the reasons why I would like to be considered and be honored, and I'm humbled about it, of being considered the Wasco chief, is that I came back. Uh, I come from a history where, uh, first, I was born and raised here. I left the reservation to go serve in the United States Army. I was in Vietnam in 1968 to 69 and awarded an honorable discharge with a um, Purple Heart. I worked for the Confederated Tribes of Warmstrings for about 30 years in various positions, starting with the credit department, human resources. I eventually uh, ended up uh, overseeing the health plan for all of the tribe. I then ran for tribal council, got elected, and served seven and a half years on the tribal council as the vice chairman. And then when J.P. was elected to be uh, the chairman for Crick-trick, uh I was the vice chairman. He left as the chairman. I became the chairman and carried the last uh, two years of that term. During that time on council was an eye-opener for me. in in regards to what our people face as a nation and how the world impacts us. We're no longer an isolated group of people living on a reservation. What happens clear across the other side of the world affects us. I learned how tough and and protective that the federal government tries to be to our people, and sometimes in the wrong way, and how we had to fight for that. Working with the state was tedious and hard. It took a lot of patience, and I learned the importance of gathering information from the tribal council members before pushing forth an issue or making a decision. Often, we did not agree, but when we did come to a consensus, then we agreed on it and we moved forward with what we were going to do. Through those years, I watched Nelson Moore and he very, very seldom got involved in the, what I would call, operations. He was our treaty, constitution man, and he often corrected our tribal attorneys when they would talk about our treaty or constitution in a way that was inappropriate, and he would correct them, and so he knew the constitution, he knew our treaty very well, and he listened very carefully about what was being discussed around the table. The only time that he would ever interfere with conversations going on was when he saw that time was an issue and we needed to move on and he would try to get the, the council back on track. So as a chief, watching as a chief, I learned from that point of view on how he was looking out for the people in, uh, within, in the tribal council. When he traveled, people recognized him. They knew who he was. He was honored by dignitaries in Washington, D.C., in states, and from Arab tribes, So, and he did it with humbleness. He was humble when he did that. There was no sowmanship with him. Uh, he taught me a lot when we would travel together. I would sit with him on the airplane, and he would talk to me about issues he was concerned about. Uh, He would talk to me about ideas that he had. He was concerned about the young kids and education. Uh, He wasn't sure whether our elders were being taken care of. He was concerned about our natural resources and were we doing the right thing. And so these these are some of the things that I remember from him as I was being mentored alongside with him. On the culture side he didn't share a lot of that with me unless I went to his place or wherever he was having a cultural event and that was my choice to do it then if I wanted to go and learn from him and I did on on and off. I spent one year with the Wasco language class with my aunt Atwai Madeline McInturf, and I also uh, with Gladys and during that one year this is what I learned that when a, when a culture loses their language they lose their culture so I understood the importance of trying to revive our Wasco language I would like to thank all of you for this time and uh, I know later that we're going to have some question and answer period and I look forward to that thank you
0: George Clements, would you please approach the bench? (laughs)
3: Good evening everybody, my name is George Clemens and everybody knows me by squeaky. And uh, what I want to relate to the people today is my knowledge In working in the judicial system for all these years, I know all about the 1855 treaty and uh, how it is made. And uh, one thing that I understand about the treaty, the 1855 treaty, it's not to be interpreted the way the white man interpreted it. It's a rule government rule that. It's to be interpreted the way we interpret it. That's how the 1855 Treaty was made. And the reason for that was most of our people didn't speak English. So to be fair, <coughs> that's the way it was. And I know about the 1865 18- Treaty that was tried to be forced upon the Indian people. And that couldn't be and then oh, after the 1865 treaty came the Dewey Act. The Dewey Act was not a very good uh, thing for our people until the, the Wheeler Howard Act came, came about, which is still in effect yet today. And the Wheeler Howard Act is the, called the Indians New Deal. And all while I've been in, the court system up there, I make sure that I take these things out, study them, and read them. And I, I did that all while I've been in I've been in the, the judicial system now for over 30 years. And along with Daisy, I served with her on the Law and Order Committee, and she was in the, the court system also. So <clears throat> when the People say, from the, I'm talking about the non-Indians now. Uh, appeals court is under scrutiny because they say that we don't know what to do about the law. And I disagree with that. And our people are just as smart as they are. And one thing about us is that we know our ways, our customs, and our traditions, and they don't, and they don't respect those. So as a chief, I would make sure that that happens. And <clears throat> we have uh, an, a new thing, uh, the, the Indian, uh, what they call it, the Tribal Law and Order Act that has just been implemented into the <clears throat> Indian country. And that kind of. Uh, deals with our uh, uh, civil rights. And what that does is you remember that uh, everybody was afforded to go into the court system, but we had to have our own representatives or we had to represent ourselves. Well, the new uh, Law and Order Act has made the tribes responsible for that now. The court system is now supposed to get legal help for our people when they come in there. That's just one of the things that... And through history, what has come before our tribe, like the, the Oliphant decision given Washington, is the main reason we lost control over uh, uh, taking our uh, Chiapas that uh, go against their laws here on the reservation again into our court system. The Oliphant decision was lost and the Supreme Court made the decision that we could no longer uh, criminally charge uh, non-Indians. So it's still in effect yet today. And some of the issues that I have is, uh, the main one is, where did Indian preference go? How come we don't have the jobs anymore? I look at the police department as one of those. We used to have an all Indian police force one time. Now it's all Chiapas. And they don't treat us very good because they don't understand our ways. And you know, I myself was charged Last week with uh, in interfering with justice and disorderly conduct because I, w- I stopped up there. They had a, uh, a little van and all the police were surrounded and they had a, uh, all their guns out pointing at that, that car. And I got concerned, so I went through and I turned around and I parked uh, down behind them to see what was going on. One of the police officers came and told me I had to leave. And I told him I was the Chief Appeals Court judge, that I I thought I had a right to see what was going on. <clears throat> and he says, no, you don't. You'll have to leave or I'll place you under arrest. So I says, well, I guess you'll have to arrest me, kind of nonchalantly. He says, OK, get out of the car. He had his pistol pointed at me. and So I got out of the car, and he says, I'm gonna tell you again, if you don't leave, I'll put you under arrest. So instead of going to jail, I said, okay, I'll leave. So I left, but now they're charging me with those two offenses, and I don't think they uh, they respect who I am. We've always They've always had it in for the appeals court, and we've been <coughs> criticized all through while well, I've been in there, so, but you know, if I become Chief, I'm willing to meet with my people. I'm be willing to listen to what concerns you have, what's going on on the Council. I will tell you the issues that are before Council, and I will listen to what you say, and I will take those issues back to Council on what my people want not what the lawyer or a consultant wants. That's what we need in the council now. We need our council people to make the decisions on their own. And we don't need other people to make decisions for them. We've been in the council now for I don't know how many times, and they could never make a decision on what we took in for the appeals court, and that is our code. We wanted some changes in there for so our people could uh, have better rights, and they would. They all said, "Well, we need more legal advice," and they have never called us back in there again. So, those are some of the issues that I'd be willing to handle. But you know, like I say, the chief no longer has the power. Uh, The power lies in you. The people have the power now. And the chief will have to listen to what the people want. And that's what I'll be willing to do. Thank you. She says, stop now. (laughs)
0: Okay, Grant. Grant Clements.
4: Good evening. First of all, I want to just uh, correct Charles a little bit I'm not going to sit up here and tell you why you should vote for me that's your choice you should be making a choice and you should know who you're gonna vote for you should know your own candidates we shouldn't have to sit up here and tell you what we've done and what we haven't done over the years you should be watching who you, who your people are and that's what I was taught in my time is by my elders you watch the people as they go along that your elders and you listen to your elders but over the years uh, I've sat on two committees uh, one is arrange and egg and a timber and I've done a lot of traveling I'm one of the ones I guess like I said the last time uh, people have been griping and groaning about it. I do a lot of traveling and uh, do on a lot of different issues and I've learned to become a kind of a politician but uh, we w- a lot of my main concerns is our uh, or people just like everybody else. They're, they're kind of being pushed aside and they're just like, you can't hear me? Everybody always tells me I got a big mouth. You tell me you can't hear me back there? I kind of got a cold too, so you got to excuse me there. But anyway, uh, like my brother was saying, I, I'm, I'm not up here to give you a lot of BS and everything. Uh, I'm. Be willing to work for you. I take a lot of issues and I work with a lot of people in the organization. I'm one of the ones that goes into tribal council and I do a lot of traveling with my tribal council and I kind of uh, uh, politics with them all the time, telling them what our people need and what our people don't need. What they don't need is a lot of BS. I mean, and a lot, what a lot of people don't understand is sometimes our leaders don't know what's going on because there's some of our managers that are kind of dictating to us today, and they're our own people, and so we need to realize that, and like I said in the last meeting, there are more issues on the table than uh, the justice system. I mean, we've got to look at our health system. I mean, our health on our reservation is very poor. We have a lot of people dying. We have the highest death rate in the country, the Indian people. And like I told you before, we have the highest unemployment rate in the country. They're predicting in, in, in white man country, it's 9.7. In Indian country, we've got 680 tribes across the United States. We're running at 70 to 80% unemployment. And uh, so we've got the highest suicide rate going, and so th- these are issues we got to look at, economic development, not for our tribe, but for you as people. We got a big load of money here not very long ago. They called it a $638. We 638 it to BIA, and some of this money was supposed to be targeted for you and I've been arguing with Tribal Council ever since they should be setting some of this money aside for you so if you want to go into a small business or expand your business or get into something that you would like to do to keep your family going. We have so many people that are just unemployed, that are, can't pay their light bills, can't pay their car bills, and so we need to get working on some of these economic development issues. I traveled up to Centralia last year with Arlen. Arlen put on an economic development shop up there, which is very good, trying to find out ways that we can bring economic development back to our reservation. How do we do that? A lot of it has to do because we're stagnated, and that's by our leadership. Our leadership doesn't want to move on issues. And so we have the money sitting there, but nobody wants to move on it. We need to have them move on it, and we've created some jobs through uh, the two resources that we sued the BIA for. And that was the range and egg and the timber resource, and we created 60 jobs, Jason, 60 to 80 jobs there. We created about 60 to 80 jobs, but that's not nearly enough of what we need. We we need more more than that in the The casino that's going up now, and now they're promising, promising us jobs down there. But we all know how that goes, and so that's another issue I've been arguing with them. We need to get a guarantee that our Indian people, tribal members, are gonna get those jobs. We have people out there now that are working. And that the loggers, uh, there's an issue there under the timber committee we've been fighting for. It. They're trying to push the loggers out and they're going to a bidding system. And we're trying to tell them they need to sit down with them and go to a negotiated system so that everybody stays working. We know not Council's telling us as committees we need to try to keep people working and get people to work. But yet in the same sense, they're finding ways to push people out of work. They they don't need to do that and so we need to keep working on economic development what was what that now three you gotta point fingers up to me i am kind of i can't read <laughs> but anyway uh i i don't have a lot to say you know i you, you as people this is the 11th meeting we're going on now i mean it's just going on and on the 11th this is the 11th meeting it's time we sit down and decide, let's, let's go to the election or let's choose a chief. Let's quit playing games and quit running to the court system and let the people decide. And just just go, we need a chief, real bad, because we, we've, we only got two votes sitting there in tribal council right now, and we need that chief there real bad, not only for traditional reasons, but for political reasons, because the chiefs are really strong in a political sense the government still recognizes them. We know a lot about the traditions. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you all about it. Uh, I, I was raised that way, and so I'm not going to sit here and talk about that. You should all know about that, uh, especially the ones that are running for the chieftainship. And uh, even though I don't speak it, I know a lot of the ways, both the Sahaf and the Waska ways. And so, but uh, anyway, you know, I'm just like my brother. If, if I would be your chief, I'd be willing to work as hard as I can for you. I'd be willing to hold meetings, come like I said last time, come to your house, long house, my house, wherever. Uh, A long time ago, they used to meet at the horse rides and uh, cattle rides and all of that. That's where the politics. But anyway, my name is Grant Clements Senior. My Indian name is Tutanishad. I packed the same name that uh, the chief, the late chief, packed. And when I took that name, he's the one that gifted me that name. He was there at our name givings. So that's all I have to say for tonight. Thank you.
5: I senior, um, I could go through my lineage, but my sisters' previous meetings, I passed out sheets on my lineage. Um, I do agree somewhat with Willard Waskos or Waskos. Uh, I have a numerous relatives in uh, White Swan. Uh, Yakama, yeah, various places. Unfortunately, those people can't vote here, but I do believe, if you're Wasco, you're Wasco, be you from Siksikua, uh, some natural, whatever. If you have your, whatever blood quantum we decide on, be it 18, an eighth, one sixteenth, whatever it is, you decide on, it's, I believe, what we should be doing. I could go through a litany of my previous experience. Uh, I've spent most of my life working in the manufacturing industry, logging down the sawmill, uh, working in various positions, uh, working my way from lead man, foreman, uh, manager, operations manager, various uh, positions like that. Serving on a number of uh, boards, the housing board, uh, timber committee with Grant, um, Warm Springs Forest Products Board. um, But probably the guiding mantra in all that is, okay, for the overall good of the people, that was my guiding force behind my decisions all that, and, uh, and it's an honor, privilege to be mentioned in this same, with this group, Grant, George, Alfred, Derek, and Garland, and that's all I have to say right now. Thank you.
6: Smith. I think most of you know me. Uh, I've been listening to all the comments here and uh, one of the first comments that came to mind was what uh, Mr. Suppa said. Is that you, Tony? Huh? Lord? He's talking about Wasco people living in uh, some Nashville and uh, Agency and Sik Seek Well, Uh, I want to know if the Wasco chief's going to represent all three districts. Are they representing the agency district Wasco people? I don't know who can answer that, but I think it's the agency district uh, uh, people that should be voting if it comes to a vote. One, uh, One of my main controls is the tribal government we have here. We got uh, runaway spending. Kind of reminds me of the uh, Obama administration. They're spending money that we don't have. They're putting us further and further into debt, which is our fault, because we're the ones that put the council in there. We need to get this uh, uh, Tribal Administration back under the control of the people. The people are the ones that are in charge, the council under there, and the ST and then the departments under there. Uh, my Indian name is Sil That was my dad's Indian name. Uh, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but if, we, if we're going to go by lineage, like it says in the Constitution and bylaws, uh, chiefs are selected by custom. And it usually goes by lineage. And it's usually hereditary. I've said this before that uh, anybody that's running for Wasco chief, just like Nelson said, I want to see a lineage. When he talks about lineage, he's talking about the uh, chiefs from the river. That's what he's talking about. Uh, kind of lost for words. Uh, my military record, I've been in the military. Uh, I was uh, in ground surveillance, which is a radar operator. I was in field communications, which is uh, uh, telephones, switchboards, and stuff like that. And uh, I was uh, cryptography. I decoded secret messages for the military. And that was my most important job was uh, the driver for the battalion commander down in the Dominican Republic. That's where I served in 1965. Uh, At least a lot of people talk here. Uh, I'm a businessman. I have been in business for 37 years. I got my uh, loans. to the small business administration, a little bit to the tribes. Uh, I really don't have too much to say. Uh, So I'll uh, leave it at that. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank, thank you, Margie, for keeping everybody on the on time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hey have a, a question? You have a question? Okay, well just everyone was invited so and it's it was their candidate's choice to to be here tonight or not. So
7: well, thank you. I, I told you to stay
0: home maybe. Okay. Okay. So everybody understands but,
8: but, that. But you, My name is Fidel Oltum of Somebody said I wasn't Wasco, but I'm a half-Wasco. Uh, I had an uncle across the river who was Wasco. And he used to sing Waship, but he always talked Wasco. And I told him one day, I'd like to sit by you so I can just listen to you talk and sing with him and pray. He was a pretty, pretty nice guy, wise guy. One, uh, what our teaching of our people uh, from day one when you have your giveaway? you sub chiefs are supposed to work and prove yourself to the people that you can be a leader by helping them, praying with them, and helping them in their grief or memorials or just parties, birthday parties, gatherings. But uh, one time I was going to the longhouse and Pearson asked me, that they were trying to get water rights. And I told him, "Oh, well, when I was a little boy, Louis Mitchell took me to O'Lally Butte, because I was standing in the hall all morning because the, the music teacher wanted me to sing and I sang a Wash It song. And I told him that I was in the hallway all day and the next day he never took me to school took me to Old Valley Butte and he pointed out the, where the tree and where the reservation and our seated areas. And he also told me that when they surveyed the area all the old people you hear them say that that's our mountain. And, but uh, I just told a person that your dad told me that the treaty says on that side of the river, on that side of the mountain. And I told him, and Lou Mitchell said that these Chiapas can make the line. And they put the line in the middle of the river, in the middle of the mountain. But the, but the old people say the tree, treaty, that's all ours. And that's what I believe. And that's how how we got our water rights. And he told me he wished he could have learned and listened to his dad more. And uh, he was talking about Columbia River. There was a chief, chief casino, Chinook chief, it was chief at 12. And there was a Wasco chief from Dalles and a Klickitat chief. They were buried at uh, Fort Vancouver. And those three chiefs, I think that's how the was controlled the, the Columbia River. And that's what I believe. And there they died there with the disease at Fort Vancouver. I think it was thirty-three and that was around eighteen thirty-five, thirty-six around there. Uh, we went and checked that place out at one time. But this this chief he, he those chiefs controlled from bells all the way to the mouth the people would go to them before they, they'd uh, do anything on the river. But that's what I learned. and I just wanted to say a few words, and, and then I start telling a story. So I just wanted to talk and let you guys know where I'm coming from. I confess every Sunday for myself And then I pray for my family. And then I pray for our elders and the warriors and all our children and our future generation that Mother Earth will be here for them. Because a lot of things are going against the grain that man created. And I tell my wife, the winds... Coming real fast now. Cause there's no trees and there's clear cut over there. So the wind just comes right over now. We can dry our fish over here now. Before you couldn't. And now they're gonna start on this side I notice a lot of old growth coming out of there. And at one time we stopped them. So, I know, and I agree with every one of these men that our leaders have to report to the people. And all these buildings were built too soon. They should have had a vote on it, most of them. Most of them, they just put up. And how lucky they promised the old people was for the Indians. And that was a chish. That's what our leaders did. We don't know in Salado our leaders did that. What else is going to happen? I told our colonel and Dallas, you better wheel me a house too now because you're giving houses to all these people. And I'm more Warm Springs and Wasco than they are. And I don't have a last name from another country another tribe and some of our own people that live here they won't even they can't even go over there and stay so and uh, I don't know yeah there's too much Chiapas on our reservation the minute they let one in they all want to come in Pretty soon, you're gonna have a resort up there. That's what some of you guys are trying. That mountain gives you fire. It also gives you water of life. And, and, yeah, since my uncle passed away, I, I did a lot of things for, the, for our tribe. Nobody sees what I do though. They know what I did in the past though. But everything I do is for, there's always a reason. But speaking from my heart, I believe that uh, every one of those council members have to report to their people where they're from. Their families, some of them, that's what our elders, another teaching was to do that on Sundays at the longhouse. Not at you know, any other place. That's where you spoke. Drummers spoke and said their piece to each other. and Then they went home, told their spouse, get your opinion together, and then you go to the meeting. And, and I, I got kind of mad one time, these guys ask, told me I had to have a permit to get juniper and I told them, uh, my family's for generations, just cut it and take it home. Don't need a permit. Pretty soon they'll give, be giving out permits for, for everything. And when you pick up them, the cops pick up the white guys, slap them with the $10,000 fine. Get rich. (laughs) Instead of running them to the bridge and letting them go. Instead of giving our own people them $10,000 fines. We're all Shenmue. Everything I did, just even singing sometimes, I just get a handshake and a thank you and a hug. And I don't know, that was, I guess uh, that was good for me. And she's telling me I gotta quit, but I can not talk as long as you guys are listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll do a quit then. One time I talked, my Don Ivy told me, you got five minutes? Okay. And then when I was done, it was a half an hour. (laughs) So uh, uh, thank you for hearing me. I want to go home before more horses are on the road. I'm known to kill horses on the road. (laughs) All right, thank you. Good night. Thank you. And I'm related to everybody here. on on both sides of my tree. So, good night anyway.
0: Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Fred. We're always good to get the teachings of our traditional leaders. A quick question.
1: One of these agencies is not possible.
0: thank you okay we we um, we have uh, we have an agenda that we're trying to get back onto here we're that we're going into a, a question and answer period for you. you have the opportunity to ask questions of the candidates so you know i i, I we appreciate uh, the comments that were just made and the comment about uh, where you know who should be able to vote that actually is an issue, you know, if it's going to be discussed later in the agenda. If, if you stick around, we'd appreciate it, OK? Do, do you have an election issue or do you have a question, Anita? I have a question. OK. I have Thank a
9: you. question. Is this on? I have a question for all the candidates. Um, I've been talking and listening to a lot of people about the Wasco chieftainship. And there's been a lot of elders and a lot of people my age and a lot of younger people that have said they feel like the chieftainship is no longer effective. And uh, this is one of the examples of why it's not, because we can't even decide who should be the chief. So I'd like to hear what the candidates say about that and what they would think um, instead of maybe having a lifetime member as a a representative of what I think the Constitution says is the agency district chief, um, change the Constitution and have that as another elected tribal council position.
0: Okay. So, had everybody heard the question. Uh, could we ask any any one of the candidates who would like to address that question to come up and, and answer address it? Uh, okay. We'll just, we'll start with uh, Mr. Bruno, then. Let me explain the original reservation area. Okay. You, well, let's just. Let's go through some questions. A if you'll
7: be fast, I won't take
0: five minutes. I'll take two minutes. Okay. okay. I'm trying to respect my elders here, so uh, Daisy's asked for two minutes.
7: <laughs> Where's the timekeeper? <laughs> two minutes. Uh, I'm listening to the candidate speak and to that supper boy. The original treaty line. When Tensift was delegated at that time, he was uh, one of the seven sons of old Man Tensift who ruled on the Columbia. The original treaty lines that he was proposing, when his son John came here and he ended up uh, helping with the negotiations, he had to go back to Washington D.C. several times, but it was. Uh, there's a creek between Arlington, Oregon and Pendleton. And it's on the other side of Blue Mountains. That creek followed the Blue Mountains all the way down to Black Belt in Bend. And from Black Belt it went to Three Finger Jack. From Three Finger Jack it went to the ocean. So, at least one quarter of Oregon was supposed to be our original reservation. That's what man Tosint told his sons to do. Well, John, John to ended up going to negotiate that, and he went back several times. And the last time he came back from one of those meetings, he was in deep soul. He used to go up to Mount Hood to mediate. There's a little lake on top. Of my, oh, to my two minutes are up, a half a minute more. And he used to go up to Mount Hood to meditate. And he went up there. And when he came back, he had a meeting and told the people that he had failed to get all the land that they requested and told them that we have the reservation now that we have. But that was supposed to be our original treaty lines, that little creek between er- uh, Arlington, Oregon and Pendleton. It runs by the Blue Mountains, all the way down to the end of Blue Mountains to Black Butte, from Black Butte to Three Finger Jack from Three Finger Jack to the ocean. That was our original treaty that our man to sit had ordered his sons to take, and so we ended up in this little place, thirty miles by what, thirty miles? But I just thought I'd better tell you guys what our original land was supposed to be. My two minutes are up. I made all my children learn that. Oh, my son's not here. Uh, I told him he didn't have to be here because he already gave his speech. He's got a whole bunch of kids at home, and I told him to stay home with his kids, that if anybody had any questions, I'd let him know. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Daisy. Uh, The the first
0: question for the candidates, if, if I understand that that people are talking about and wondering, Still relevant and should the chiefs be should we keep the chiefs or should we just have uh, instead of having a chief should we just have another representative on the council that's voted on every three years that's the question
2: so we're questioning whether there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians <laughs> Um, first of all, it would have to be a constitutional change uh, amended by the people. The people would be the ones that would have to push this forward if that's what they wanted to do. And some of the things that they might want to consider is this. When you look at the, uh, the Constitution, nowhere in there does it tell us how to remove a chief and i believe that the reason they did that was because the people knew how important the chief's position was and so they were careful in selecting who they put into that position because they knew that person was going to represent them represent them and the chiefs now and then do take the tribal council to task and correct them in matters when they're not going in the right, right direction. It might be about the treaty, it might be about the constitution, but the chief will stand up for the people in that manner. The chiefs bring stability within our tribal council. You look at Atwai nelson in 50 years of what he learned and how to be a chief for our people in that time. He started, in at the other end, he was a man that was well-known about how to be a chief for the people. So I think that would have to be considered in looking at this. Thank you.
0: Would you like to address that question?
3: Uh, I know how to pick huckleberries and dig roots. My wife makes me do it every year. And that's what you guys eat in the longhouse. (laughs) Well, my question to answer to uh, Anita is, I think what needs to happen on this reservation now is we have to quit saying I'm part Paiute, I'm part Warm Springs, I'm part Wasco. I think we need to Pick a tribe that we're really from. Like if I'm gonna say I'm a Wasco, I've always been a Wasco. I never claimed anything else, and that's the way our tribe should be. And our council people will be elected out of the Wasco people, Carson's people, and the Paiute people. There'll not be no other. You either have to pick one or the other. And one of the suggestions I kind of liked, I think it was at the other meeting that I was just made, that you nominate from your district. Each district nominates maybe three or four people. And after nominations, those people are put in one pot and we all vote for those people in there. You don't vote for just your district. Everybody gets to vote for the people that you nominate. I think that was a good
6: idea. That's all.
4: The question was about the chief, and uh, and I agree with Garland. Uh, the chiefs were put in by the Constitution, and again, you as people, when you uh, vote for your chief, you should know who your chief is going to be, and uh, you know that he's going to do the duties that you put him in there for. As far as uh, listening to these young man's question of whether we fish or not, I've been an old time fisherman. I fished in Selilo, I fished a long time in D uh, Shears Bridge. There was only like three or four people that fished in Shearsbridge when I fished. There wasn't a lot of people like they do nowadays. They fight down there and they're throwing each other's scaffolds in. That wasn't done. They had respect and so that's what needs to come back. You need to start respecting each other and uh, quit thinking of each other as Paiute and like in the last meeting, I mean people start getting up and talking about Paiutes and talking about North Enders and talking about Chinamans and I mean we need to quit doing these things we're we're all one tribe and when we sit on council we're not only working for the Wasco people we're working for every one of you when we pass a vote we pass a vote for all three districts not just one and the chiefs are the ones that are supposed to be the knowledgeable of the treaty rights and keeping your rights with which a lot of our leadership is given away from us. And they don't have that right. You as the people are supposed to make that decision and they're supposed to bring it back to you whether you want to give that right away because that treaty belongs to you, not our tribal council or our organization. And so I argue with our tribal council about this all the time when I go in. The treaty does not belong to you. It belongs to each of you and your grandchildren and your children. And that's who it belongs to, and you should control that. But that's not the way it is. Now, if you look at when they go to Washington DC, well, even our lawyers will stand up, and they'll be saying they're representing the Confederate Tribes of Warm Springs of the Treaty of 1855. And I tell them that's wrong. It doesn't belong to them. When they go back and address, they should be talking to you as people, because the chiefs were the ones that called the meetings when they wanted to go back and address something. They brought you to the longhouse and asked you, do we want to address this at a certain, certain time? And is it correct? And so that's the way it was done. That isn't being done today, and it's because the chiefs are being lax in their duties. Nelson was one of the last ones that was really forward and strong, but when he got older, he was getting weaker, He, he lost that. But the other two chiefs, they're not like that. They're not very strong in their duties. And they kind of just go along with what's going. And so we need that strong leadership in there, somebody that's going to stand up and stand up to the leadership and say, no, that isn't what we're supposed to be doing. And so that's just how I wanted to answer uh, Anita's question. And I think I answered your question about the fishing. I've been taught about that all my life. I've been taught how to hunt in the traditional way. I've been taught how to go out and dig the roots and take care of the fish, take care of the salmon, everything, anything, the roots, I learned how to do that. My party is a nice. My party is a 40 40 ounce diet Pepsi. So, if if that's too much, if, you, if you, you're telling me you're only allowing me one diet Pepsi, that's all you want me to drink. That's all I wanted to say. You know, I, you know, that's I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to bring you back those things. That's not being done now, and I think I've addressed that earlier. And uh, need to open your ears, Jerome. I think all candidates have answered that. And so, open your ears. Take the wax out. But anyway, that's you know, as is leaders. Leaders also have to be strong and when people out here try to challenge you. I mean, (laughs) I'm not here to fight with you or anything, but I'm not going to be disrespected either. Night.
5: Question being, are the chiefs relevant uh, at this point in time in these proceedings? That's probably a moot point, given okay, the 1934 Reorganization Act. Our uh, people passed that four years later, 1938. That on our constitution, the way it was organized, that the chiefs would serve a lifetime term. I believe it was mainly for stability, stability in the, the three chiefs, bringing stability in the Tribal Council. And is it relevant today? Maybe not. You look at our treaty, we had 151 treaty signers in our, in our treaty. as far as you like.
6: how to answer your question, Anita, but I have a suggestion. If we're going to get rid of the chiefs, if they're not relevant or if they're relevant, uh, my answer to that is if they're going to take the chiefs off the council, why don't we go with apportionment I was one of them that got, got the signatures on apportionment. It was Rudy Clements, uh, Alva Smith Sr. and J.R. Smith got all those signatures on apportionment and do it with all the districts. And uh, we can get better counseling that way. Just do it with all the districts. That, that would probably be my answer. I guess it's up to the Wasco people what they want. I guess it's up to the reservation what they want. Not only the Wascos, the North Enders and the South Enders are going to have to do the same thing with their chiefs. So I think it's a a reservation thing. Thank you.
8: Well, I think it's uh, since, uh, like they said, the treaty. And my wife was telling me some stuff, and I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, yeah, since the treaty, the we had uh, they come with the chiefs. seemed like it, a lot of the. A lot of the bands, they had leaders, and there were, most of them were spiritual leaders, all of them, or they were medicine men. Tuatis. And like most of the bands, and like today, there was a time they depended, like our Warren Springs people would help the Wascos in their grieving when they lost somebody. And they were, my grandmother told me that when the Wascos lost somebody, they had one song they sang, and they sang it all night. And then she couldn't think of that song but, but uh, a lot of our Wasco people had a lot of power in their hands but a lot of power and I, I think that's kind of how where that Shaker church come from when it came from the north uh, 1886 in Dalles, something like that and then it came down here and uh, I try to go on memory about a lot of things was were teachings from elders, all the tribal elders. I can put all their stories into one, but they all helped each other. And like if you traveled somewhere and you went through a village and somebody was sick, They'd ask permission to go through your through your country, and then they and then they would have no gifts or nothing, no whitefish or eels, but they had their power, so they'd help that family the best they could, talking or praying with them. The people always did it together, helped each other to travel through. That's why when Nelson went back to the sluts he took some of their songs back because they were gifted to us so they can travel through and we did the same going that way and these are all teachings by by helping everyone and like like me I have Sunday service and I have to feed everybody and my. Sisters have to go dig more, and, and that's that's what they got to do. And I got to encourage the younger members to 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 hunt. Encourage them to hunt and fish, and those are teachings. Yeah call yourself Moscow, Warm Springs? For me, I say Springer. hey, you're Springer. i got you, are Warm Springs? I, travel, mm. I always tell them I'm Wasco and Warm Springs, yeah. and I'm a, some Nashos leader. They had similar beliefs, though all the same. Just like the everything.
1: That the didn't Not me. i saying it's a
0: lot,
8: so it's important
0: idea to, to have a chief. We need to, okay, we okay, thank you. We we need to get back to we need to get back to our agenda. Okay, thanks for your comments. Thank you. Alright. Okay. Randy.
10: Sorry. Yes. Uh, you know, the question I have, and I haven't heard it being answered yet, you know, and, and I'm, it's what are you going to do today that's going to change? We've been talking about change for 30 years, been electing people every three years for the past 40 years. And I haven't seen no change. We were at the top of the the ladder as far as economic tribe, the most progressive tribe in the United States. Now we're at the bottom. People espouse tradition, but everything I've learned has a time and a place. Tradition has a time. Education has a time and a place. You look at what some of these other reservations that have educated people, and they have people on their councils listening to those educated people. Look how well they're doing. Warm Springs isn't doing that no more. Back in the 50s and 60s, we had, the, the, we had Vernon Jackson leading the tribe. He was a Wasco. He understood our treaty because he was educated in our treaty and our treaty rights through all tradition. So we never let the white man come in here and tell us what he was going to do for us. We told them what you're going to do for us.
0: Brand, Brandy, they, Is there you know, question? do you have a question? Yeah, that,
10: that was the question. I mean, what are they going to do to bring back that leadership? You know, that, that's, what, that's what has to happen.
4: I agree with Randy and I think I've talked to Randy about this many times about our leadership and like in the old days I mean we had leaders that weren't educated and didn't even graduate from grade school didn't even go to school and they took us to the top of the mountain and now we're starting to come back we're at the bottom again we need to get back because our, our leadership ain't making their decisions anymore they're letting people make that decision for them so we need to get back to the old ways and start making decisions. Uh, I always say our leadership studies things to death, but the time we get to it, it's gone. Somebody else has already reefed the profit and we're down there trying to pick up the peanuts and the crumbs. We need to get aggressive and start getting back into being the first on the top of the ladder. We need to be there and quit waiting for someone to tell us it's right or wrong or someone proving to us it's right or wrong because the old people, they just had that sixth sense when something was gonna work. And as far as the educated people, I mean, we need to use our own educated people. We don't. We've got educated people out there, our tribal members are, I think, it's just as good as any outsider that we bring in, but we're not using them. We'll, 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 we'll expect them to go up and give us something for nothing and we'll bring in the outsider consultants and pay them millions of dollars to tell us what a simple tribal member here who has no education can tell you the same thing for nothing and you can make money on it. But they won't listen to you. But then you, you have to pay them big bucks before they'll listen to you. And uh, if you, you got to have a big resume and a pile of resume before they'll listen to you, well. That isn't the way the old people did things. So I agree with Randy. We need to get that leadership back to today's time and age. We need to get that lead, a strong leader in there that's going to start leading us down that right path. And uh, the, the chiefs in the old days were those people. They guided them people down that road. But that isn't the way it is today. Because I've traveled with the chiefs, and uh, they, they don't do that. They're, some of them don't even know their own tradition and so it, it's getting to be pitiful, and so it's, but that's the way it is. But uh, uh, like Fred, I don't like to get into storytelling. I start getting going on and on. I know a lot about what Fred's talking about and those things too, but we're not here for that. We're here, we're trying to get to the finalization of getting the chief, and that's what we need him. We need him real bad. And so I would like to see tonight that we go in that direction, let's get going and let's get the vote and let's get a chief there. I don't care who he is, I just want a chief there that's going to be representing us and uh, taking care of us as people, not as just Walskos, but as a whole reservation, because we need him real bad. That's what we need. Thank you.
3: that question and when I say what happened to in preference, you know, <clears throat> I keep talking about people coming into the reservation to work for us. I say we hire them to come in to do what we tell them to do, but that's not happening. They're telling us what to do. A good example is a new chief judge we have up here. She was going to go at the end of August. Her and I had it out on the count of tradition. She didn't like what I told her. She thought she was only here a week, and she was telling me what tradition was telling Daisy what tradition was. she didn't know anything about us. Now in the appeals court, we make decisions and we use our unwritten law. And we're criticized for that. It's too vague, she says. I can't understand what you're telling me. So I'm not going to abide by what you're going to do. And you keep telling it you can't do that. What the appeal court decides, you have to go along with it, whether you believe it or not. And that filters down into our other departments. You know, who we lost that was years ago. And the reason our older council people had all the power, they never gave that away. They have it, they kept it right there in the council room to them. Then we had younger people come in with education and they decided to change it. They said, Oh, council, you work too hard, give us some of that power and we'll make some of those decisions for you. And that's where the council has lost their power. They rely too much on the the management to make decisions for them. And it's time. I've always said that. I need a bath. That's why it's bothering me. And uh, we need council people in there to make the decisions of their own. Not to look over to the lawyer and say, hey, we'll get to you later. I need to know this. When a question is put to the council, they should be able to make a decision on it. And that's why I say that you people are the one that's important. Through the chieftainship, you will tell the chief, this is what we desire, this is what we think. And I've told you at the last meeting, our people are our best consultants. We know what we want. So this day and age, we got to listen to our people and stop letting these outsiders come in here and dictate to us what's best for us. Thank you.
2: I would I believe that leadership starts with each one of us that are community members that are tribal members on this reservation and the leadership in each one of us is what we decide on a daily basis of what impacts us personally our family our neighbors our community members whether it's good or bad that's where the leadership starts and then as we go into what we're calling the Tribal council that makes laws for the tribe and ordinances, those are the individuals that need to be looking at those type of decisions for the people, but the people are the ones that drive that decision so it's important that when we're talking about leadership that we need to look at ourselves in saying that when the council is facing a big issue and they're having a meeting then we should come and give them an input we should write them letters we should talk to them we should call them that's what they're there for to be speaking for you if they don't hear from you then they won't know what to make that decision it's the people One thing I understood about council when I was on there was whatever decisions that were made, it had to be coming from the people, not from the tribal council. So the leadership starts in here, and all the people that aren't here tonight, that's where it starts. Thank you.
5: I have to concur with most of what Garland and the others have said but we have given away our decision making ability through litigation, ordinances. Uh, The tribe owns 98% of the total resource so consequently the tribe should be obligated to 98% of the economy. Unfortunately, we made, uh, for instance, the IRMP document. It is the law of the land. Okay, what is, who are the decision makers in that IRMP document? They're extremely educated, dedicated people, but there are others. They are mainly white people that are making decisions to where you can build your home, whether or not you can have a business. Uh, that is something we need to get back.
0: trying to stay on uh, on our agenda here fred we appreciate your comments
6: can answer your question or not. <clears throat> uh, we need we need better leadership in our council. Uh, I can't promise anything if I'm selected Wasco chief because I have to have a supporting cast like other tribal councilmen. And I think we need a better councilman in there. Uh, we can't just Sit around and have tunnel vision and just look what's going on in the reservation. You have to look. You have to kind of think like the white man. See what's going on around you. Uh, they're pretty smart business-wise, and that—that's what this is. This tribal council convoy- is—is a business. If you look at it. You can look at it any way you want to, but it's still a business. I don't know if that'll answer your question or not. But I have to, have, if I'm selected, I need a supporting cast, uh, letter in, in agreement with me. I have a, I have a lot of issues. Uh, that's about all I can say. Thank you.
0: six candidates, five of them are here tonight, to uh, answer your questions. And so if you're not a candidate, please respect everybody else in the meeting, respect the candidates, let them have their chance to to answer these
11: questions. Thank you. According to my family tree, I am one-fourth Wasco and i actually vote in the Simnasho district i had mentioned to charles that i reviewed this uh, just briefly skimmed this outline on the election and one uh, area of concern would be according to the constitution uh, nobody can serve in the tribal council if there's a felony on the record and what the tribal council has done for tribal council elections is have everyone uh, uh, sign an authorization for a background check for criminal history, and that is uh, just a, a, a one area that i see that 's not on here uh, i 'm not saying that you know there 's an, any particular concern i 'm just saying uh, procedure wise that's uh, that that 's kind of a normal p- p- portion of elections um, My concern is our very young population on the reservation and giving the uh, message to go and get educated and we really don't have jobs here at Warm Springs for our tribal membership and the last census showed that 65% of senior citizens are raising grandchildren in the household and sometimes it's something that we don't plan for And right now, I'm raising grandniece, grandnephew in the household that uh, we lost a mother. And so family has to step up and, and help out. And so my question to each candidate is, what are your thoughts about our future generation?
0: Same person doesn't have to go first all
6: the time. So, Jr., could you start with that one? I don't know if I can answer your question, but I have my own thoughts. Um, I worry about that too. I worry about my kids. I worry about my grandkids, I worry about the unborn kids, or the yeah, the unborn kids. That's the ones I worry about. We're gonna we're gonna leave them in big jet, you know, our uh, our uh educating our young kids like that, getting educated. They don't have a job, but from my understanding, we're gonna have a uh, quite a few jobs open on the casino. And getting our kids educated is an investment for the tribes. That's how I feel about it. I'm all for education. Thank you.
5: provide for our children and our children's children okay a community's based its biggest strongest base is family wage jobs I work every day with heroes that show up every day they we need to create uniform you know, for, you know a UCC code make it easier for businesses to get in Is education the only way? No, it is a way. Uh, There's a number of uh, skilled positions, uh, be it manufacturing, farming, a number of other occupations. We need to explore all avenues in lieu of education. Because not everybody, uh, not all of us can be chiefs, I guess. There has to be somebody. The the real people, boots on the ground people getting the job done. Thank Mm -hmm. you.
3: Education starts in the home. Uh, if we look at our reservation, you know, I always get pretty mad when statistics come out all the time. The Indian people are always on top. We got the most suicides. We got the most alcoholics. We got the most intermarriages or divorces. And I don't believe that. But you know, our children, we have to uh, uh, put them first. You know, I, my grandchildren, uh, uh, one of the things that I really, really get disturbed about is, is you go around and you see this graffiti on, on the houses, on homes. Who are they learning this? You know. And uh, uh, I have a grandson. He's a special child. He, he, uh, he went to special school in Madras, where they didn't teach him nothing. It's like he was in uh, kindergarten again. They taught him how to color. They taught him how to count money. They, taught, they even taught him how to build a bat house. And, you know, I grew up, uh, and what we did, we used to buy him puzzles. And he learned how to put those together. If you give our children, especially our, our, our special children, the chance, they can learn. But now, I see children walking from the school up here, And I said, well, aren't those kids in in school? And good old Floyd over there, he'll tell me, no, no, no. They go to special school up here. So how are our children going to learn if we permit our our education system to to bypass them like that? You know, uh, I fought that school tooth and nail when my children went to school there. They were charged with things, and I had to go over there and pick up for them. Not that they did anything wrong, but that they were treated in a correct way. Uh, if you if you read the papers, especially the uh, uh, Pioneer, and and they used to have more writings in there from people, and if you read what some of those. Uh, Madras people writing and you could you could read in their their accusations towards our our uh, Indian children. We haven't curbed alcoholism. We haven't curbed uh, drugs. It's the same today as it was 20 years ago. We're supposed to hire people to curb those things, but it's never—it's not done. It's, we're we're still in the same situation yet. So how do you how do we go about fixing that? I don't know. I said heard the guy say fire him. Maybe that's the answer. I don't know. Now my pet peeve is, is this police department we have here, how they're treating our people. I don't mind them being police officers, but to me, they're not police officers, they're a gang. They run around in a gang. When I was a police officer, I didn't have that luxury. I was only on duty myself, and I had to take care of the reservation myself. And I had a lot more duties than these guys do. I had to run kids home when they were, didn't have rides for home. I had to take Ella home. <laughs> I had to go cut bread for senior citizens. I had to deliver messages. We did all that when we were police officers. Thank you. He says, I got to go.
0: George yields the balance of his time to his brother. Oops, he's out of time. Grant. <laughs> you know, I think these guys are doing a really good job of, you know, being brief and to the point and being respectful of each other. Uh,
4: again. Uh, addressing Arlen's question and when Arlen was a councilman she knows I was a I'm a great advocate for the young people and the educated people and uh, the homeless people and what they call the road warriors I, I get tired of people downing our people and uh, me and John we serve on committees and on our committee there's a mission statement on our committees and we're the ones that are supposed to look after the next generation and the generations to come in the unbarmed That's our mission statement. But when we come up with suggestions and ways of how to preserve that and to benefit our people, our councilmen don't listen to us. They go back to the RMP process because the RMP process has basically taken our committees out of the uh, organizations type things. We don't have very much to say of what's being done anymore, even though we're called executive committees, and we're supposed to be responsible for coming up for some solutions to present to Tribal Council. But they usually, they they listen to the PIP team and they listen to the Army team. That's the two teams that they listen to. And me and John, since John's came on board, and I really like John because he brings us a lot of uh, information because he's worked in an area that we're responsible for. And so we're fighting this every day, and we're fighting how to get rid of some of these ordinances and some of these rules that have been stuck out there. Council have made ordinances and rules that they haven't done away with old ones that still exist from 1934. And we're still working under those ordinances and resolutions. They need to go back and look at and do their homework and start getting rid of some of these ordinances that don't work. They're just worthless and they need to start giving the power back to the committees so that we have a more say of what's being done because the committees, we're basically just common knowledge people. We're not really educated people even though I've been a businessman too just like you are for over 40 years. And I, I never borrowed money from, I tried to borrow money from the tribe, they won't lend it to me. I, I had to go to the bank in Madras and borrow my money and they lend it to me and I paid it back to them. And so these are things that, that me and John on our committees, we get marching orders from tribal council every day, find a way to get the roadblocks out of the people's way so we can get them on board and getting them up and healthy and getting them so they can pay their car payments, light bills, whatever this is what we're there for but when we go back and we give these suggestions to tribal council they're not listening to us and uh, it, it's just pitiful but uh, I'm, I, I agree with Arlen too I, I raise I got five grandchildren and great-grandchildren in my household that I'm raising so we need to look at that how do we take care of our senior program is getting really terrible and uh, believe it or not probably the majority of our budget is by uh uh, USDA dollars are, you know, they're come from different government dollars. is what we're operating on. We don't have money anymore to operate on our own. We're operating on grants. So, most of the, everything we operate on is on grants. All right. I uh, thank you.
2: Out in school, <laughs> um, it's a two two prong question that we have here. The first one is, and I agree with George, is that uh, the family is where it starts, the family unit, uh, and that's important of how the child's nurtured, how they're. Uh, 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 top to value themselves as a person, as an individual, and then giving them uh, and teaching them respect, teaching them all those things that they're supposed to do to to live in a, a community. That's the first thing that needs to be done. The second thing that we have to do, I believe, is that we have to prepare our children to understand that they live in two worlds, and there's no choice that we have but that. We have to live in our culture, that we all live in on the reservation, and we have to live in a white world. So we have to be successful in both those two worlds. In providing jobs in Warm Springs, I believe it would be important for the people to start asking the younger folks, uh, probably sophomore, junior, senior kids, what is it that they want to do as a job in Warm Springs so that we're not building something that they're not going to go want to do? They, they may have something entirely different for our people, the family units and the leaders to go toward in what they would like to do on the reservation. We have to encourage our kids when they're off the reservation to understand that they have a purpose in life they have a reason to be there and there's nothing ashamed about being on the reservation in warm springs and what happens to our kids is after they successfully get good grades in warm springs and they're transferred off the reservation then they're taught that they're no good by the majority of the people off the reservation. Not all the people are like that off the reservation, but they're just treated it. And so we have to gird them up and make sure they understand that they walk in that school with pride, they have a reason, and then get them ready for their life when they get uh, older. Thank you.
12: Good evening. I just have a question in regards to the people in the reservation. I, uh, my concern is, well, I have several concerns, like a lot of you. My concern is, um, first of all, the longhouse and the way that the individuals and people say that they're spiritual leaders and, and things like this. You know, that maybe you know, like it says in the resolutions and things that the. Tribal Council, they have to be, um, you know, um, tested, you know, and they have to get a criminal background check. And I think that that should go within the Longhouse also with these individuals that, you know, um, proclaim to be who they are because sometimes they might not walk that, you know, that talk. And my question to the Council is um, pertaining to the environment here. You know, and to the um all the people here, you know, what are we doing to take care of the land here? you know, the reservation, the environment, you know um, I've been gone for quite some years and and I see the environment, the land, the reservation, you know we're just pitiful because we don't take care of it. We have no deer, we have no elk we you know we don't have any type of foods, you know, and it's, um, it's pitiful because, you know, like I mentioned that I've been gone for quite some time and I could go to other reservations anywhere and, you know, they're doing economically, development, they're doing extremely well. And we have water, we have timber, you know, we have all of these natural resources that we are, what are we going to do with them? And far as the um, what was mentioned about the children and the adolescents and things like this, well, I'm a person that goes into the school. I go in there every day, and you know that's that's how I know for a fact. It is pitiful. It's really pitiful, and it's um, it's um, it's pretty sad actually. And I to. My question was this. Are we going to follow this resolution? And who wrote the resolution up? My other question is, are we going to allow write-ins? You know, if, we're, if there's people out there that aren't here tonight, maybe they, maybe they want somebody else, you know? Are we going to allow write-ins on these, you know, ballots? And, and I, I question the age of, you know, people because, you know, I'm older. And like I see... Um, uh, my nephew leander smith you know he's young you know he's got that he's got that energy he's got that um you know just because he's my nephew but you know younger younger ones are we are we gonna think about the sub chief are we gonna go through this again and again and so um she's telling me to stop talking and i wanted to um take this time to you know introduce the cooks you know they're they're all sitting right here and I don't know their names, I know Tiff, and you know I know Lula, and Emma, and um, the other three, I'd, who? Nikki
13: is my daughter. Okay. This is Lula, this is my
12: daughter, my daughter.
13: <laughs> my daughter. and my sister Emma, my daughter, and my granddaughter.
12: Okay, and I want to thank the Cooks for, you know, helping me out and um, Connie Wesley and, you know, like this. This is a team and this is the way that we should be as Wasco people and be with Skookum and don't give up and stick together and pray together and help one another out. Thank you.
0: So that, uh, that question really sort of had to do with the election proposal later. So um, I I, I think I'm going to, rather than try to ask different parts of that question to different candidates, I'm just going to ask uh, uh, Glendon here to ask, ask his question, because he's the next in line. And then hopefully we can have some brief responses and go on to the election proposal. London
14: okay uh, good evening Um, just a brief question for the candidates Uh, my biggest question and concern is um, what will be done about the reduction of alcohol use Uh, I know majority of the crime on the reservation is alcohol related Uh, I I think uh, we need to do something about it Uh, we got families living in households um, 17 people in one house and you got people partying in that house and then you got young kids vulnerable to the alcohol use uh, to parties uh, When that, there, that needs to be addressed I, I think if we you know put a checkpoint at the bridge or buy a rainbow out or something uh, some way to reduce alcohol use anyway it's uh, people you know we got a lot of young people that drink alcohol i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it but a lot of irresponsible drinking so uh, that's my question uh reduction of alcohol use thank you
0: yeah
14: yes just yeah
0: okay so uh, if we could keep your responses brief
2: when I uh, was on the assigned representation for the Pacific Northwest tribes and I was in, and I was in a meeting with the um, secretary of health and human resources, Tommy Thompson, and there were 30 other tribal tribes being represented, representing the other parts of the United States, and he was going around asking each one of us what ideas we, ha- we might recommend to help various problems on reservations, and one of them he addressed was drugs and alcohol. And so I responded by asking him this question, I said, have you ever considered taking a certain amount of money, because they spend billions of dollars on the tribes in terms of this area across the nation and it's still underfunded. I says, have you ever thought of taking some of this money and utilizing it to take care of the inside of the person? Because if you take care of the spiritual man and you heal him on the inside, then the alcohol and drugs will go away. I says, and all we're doing right now is we're putting band-aids over something that is much bigger than what we can deal with. So I believe for our people here that the cultural part, the revival of our culture, the immersion into it of the identity, who they are, where they're coming from, will start healing them on the inside, and then they'll start moving away from the need to drink uh, and take drugs and, and stop it even earlier with kids. Thank
0: you. George, would you like to address that? What person can you let these guys answer the questions first? Can you let these guys answer the question?
3: You know, we have one of the most powerful ways here in Warm Springs to deal with alcoholism, and that's our cultural ways. I've never seen another way work any better than that. If we are to cure our youngsters, or older or middle people, then we should get back to our sweat, I don't call them sweat lodges. I call it sweat house. I've heard people in that sweat house pour out their very, very inner problems. Randy knows that. We've been in the sweat house. I've never, ever been in a place that's so pure and and it clears your mind and you pull out what you want. You know, I suggest this a lot, a lot of times with the uh, 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 juvenile department. Let's build a big sweat house along the creek here someplace, a big one. And let's put people like Randy or Bruce Jim in there with those people. I never heard people can talk like they can in a in a sweat lodge or sweat house to these young people. You know, like I said, we haven't made any headways the other way. We're still deep into drugs and alcohol here. Another suggestion I have, we can dry the reservation again. We did once before. I don't know why we can't do it again. Thank you.
4: I wanted to just come up and address this on a personal basis because I have experienced. I've been an alcoholic. I never did get into the drugs and stuff, but I've been an alcoholic and I used to get to shum around with the Smith Boys in Austin there. And Publiski, I don't know, know him by Austin. <laughs> He's been a good friend of mine all his life, but his older brother that just passed away was a real good friend of mine and I, when I lost him it hurt me very bad. But we have other things, just like my brother talked about. Sweat house. I have a Sweathouse at my house. And I've learned uh, other things. I have a son too that's artistic, a grandson in the school and uh, he went through the same programs that my brother's son went through. But my son met a man in school that taught him to do something that's real helpful and I want to thank that man tonight and that's Foster Kalama. He's a flute player and he taught my grandson how to play the flute. And one of the most beautiful things is to sit there and listen to my grandson, who is artistic, and a lot of people call him dummy, but he's not. He can get on those computers, just like to see that guy back there, and uh, my nephew back there, and he, he can really work them computers crazy. He's real smart, but Foster taught him how to play the flute. And I agree with my brother that these are some of the ways you can heal yourself, like when them and Randy started their healing in uh he through the veterans. That was a great thing there because I dealt with veterans like my father in law, uh, who who was a World War II veteran. But uh, foster works hard. We go I go every year to his flute conference he holds in Heehee. But the other thing that uh, he got me in trouble is when he taught my grandson to play, he also taught me how to kind of mess with the flute, so now I can play a few tunes on the flute too. But I, I I, healed up too, and I went to the Longhouse, and that's where I learned, that's where I found my peace. you got to find your peace because I, I have to deal with alcoholism in my own family. That's where you start. I have alcoholics, drug users, and every If you talk about it, I got it in my family, I got to deal with it every day. And my Grandchildren, my children, they come to me and they ask me, how many times did you try to quit, Grandpa? And I tell them, every Monday, every Monday, until one day it succeeded. In 1980, I quit drinking. I was laying in hospital and I almost died. And from that day on, I turned my life over to the Lord. And that day from on, I've been walking the straight road, and thanks to my brother, older brother sitting over there, George, and, and my older brother, Rudy, he came to me. And we used to sing it all the time. We traveled. Washit was almost dying out. And we traveled to Pendleton, Yakima, and Nisqually. We traveled all over down the coast. Stop. Thank you. I, I said stop. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, I, you know that's where I found my peace within the longhouse. And a lot of people ask me, how do you? Hear yourself. I told him when you look in the mirror and that person looking back at you is happy and smiling and he's at peace with himself, then you know you're going to be alright. So that's how you do it within yourself. Nobody can do it for you. The judges, the policemen, they can arrest you many times, the judges can throw you in jail all they want, but until they take over their own inner peace, that's the way he gets cured. That's the way I did it, and I just wanted to thank. But I wanted to thank Foster. I see him sitting here, and nobody ever thanks him for the things that he does. He's been worked many years in our school system. Men, wish him. Yes, I agree with you there. That has to come from the inner peace of one person. If they want to do it, let them do it. If they don't, don't because you're forcing something on them and then they're going to get stubborn. Like our old people used to tell us, you're going to get stubborn and you're not going to do things. just like a horse. A horse won't do something if you make him do it. So uh, you know that's something I don't agree with. Uh, if they want to do it, that's great, and make it their choice. Make it come from their heart, and then that then you're going to find it's going to be sincere. It'll work. Hey.
0: Thank you, Smil.
5: Thank you, Grant. Um, question was, okay, how, to, how would you stop alcohol abuse on a reservation? Solutions, it, uh, Solutions are multi-pronged. You can do it with music. You can do it with washing. You can do it with uh, God, surrendering yourself to God. There's, it's a multi-pronged, multi-you can do punitive measures, which I'm not altogether in favor of. Roadblocks. Okay, all you'll be doing is just building bigger and bigger jails, uh, with which is a no solution in sight. And giving people a fair chance. I have, we have some gentlemen down at the mill, given a fair chance to prove themselves, given them honest, fair chance to prove themselves. They're former convicts, done time, and but they are now supervisors. They've proven themselves, proven their worth, giving people a fair chance and giving them avenues to find themselves and being proud of themselves.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, We've been at this question and answer uh, business for about an hour and a half and uh, we've only gotten through four questions, and uh, but good questions and a lot of thought-provoking answers. So hopefully, you're better informed now about these candidates than you were uh, before before this session. Now, I, I I I just bet there's a lot more questions out there, and so uh, we're obviously going to have to have another meeting. Uh, we. We're tentatively planning on something in two weeks or three weeks, so it would be like November 8th and 9th, or November 16 or 17, uh, right in there. And uh, just for a show of hands, for those that are here, how about uh, November 8th or 9th? Who would prefer? Who would prefer November 8th or 9th? And uh, how about how about November 16 and 17? Okay, it's pretty. Well, it's pretty close. So uh, pretty close. So uh, all right, we'll see when the longhouse is available, and uh, we'll we'll put something in the paper. We'll get it on the radio uh, at, in the next two or three weeks. Okay, so. Uh, now, we have about a half an hour left uh, on our agenda, and we'd, and we'd like to uh, close uh, just about 10 o'clock. Uh, just one brief announcement uh, on behalf of one of the other candidates who had to leave. Uh, he's got some kids that he's got to get up and get to school in the morning, uh, and so that's why he left, and he asked everybody to, uh, you know, to respect that as a parent. You know, he's trying to look out for his kids, so, and, and I'm sure that you all will. Now, you've you handed out uh, a proposal, a draft proposal for an election, and by now you've all hopefully had a chance to look at it and review it. So in the next half an hour, uh, inviting you to come up to the mic and make comments on that proposal. What, what you If there's something you don't like about it, you'd like to see changed, let us know. Do you have a comment on the election proposal? Okay.
15: Good evening. I to the candidates, but they never identified themselves like they're supposed to not. Like I am a Wasco too, but my grandfather, when he signed a treaty, he signed it under the
4: Upper Deschutes. But the people, the candidates, didn't identify themselves, and their and their
15: ancestors too. So I like to hear, I like to I like to hear that and. Hear him say that in order write it in the or something. What's your name?
8: That's all I have to say.
13: Okay.
15: Thank you, Bertrand. My turn? Yeah, I'm just joking, Bertson. I love Bertrand. He's a good man. We have, uh, my name is Austin Smith, and am uh, Wasco. I'm not uh, Paiute, I'm not Seminole. I just have Wasco blood in me. That's it for this reservation here. I also have Yakima, blood and Snoqualmie and Tulalip. Uh, yeah, I got me at the right time. I come up. He said you got enough time for a couple more questions, and then we use the. Uh, First of the couple, and I was the second of the couple, so I'm glad I get used to the microphone. Well, um, that was my question. You know, like I said, I'm Roscoe, I'm and when I come to the to, uh, voting, that's what I'm, my question is. You know, how are you going to decide this when the votes are tall? It look like uh, it's all lowered down to voting. We didn't want to use voting. I didn't want to use voting. I wanted to have a stick game over the whole procedure. You know, that was my, uh, that was my uh, thoughts. That's Indian. It's traditional. It's uh, the way the Indian people do it sometimes. That stick game. Problems. Solve problems. That song is going to allow us to stick game. And we uh, had faith in our songs, and we had faith in our teams, and we had fun. And that's what life's all about, I think, is having fun. But you know, like uh, politicians, like the white man, like you're talking about the white man way. When a white kid's born, he's born into a uh, kind of like a born into a curriculum. He's already set up. Because he's a white man, so he's kind of born into a curriculum. He's got to go through school, and get his education. He opens his eyes and looks around, and he says, "Shit, there's more no Western them. and they treat me better than those guys." And some tells tell him, "Shh." So he goes along. He goes through life, and that's a lot easier. You know, a lot of us, we, we're not born into an agenda. Not so much of a curriculum, but an agenda. You know, a lot of them are born into an agenda. It's already set up for them. They just go along with it. They know they're Chiapas. They know they think like shoppers And most, of the majority of the people understand what the system is, it's a Chiapas system. So the Native Americans, we're born into it. We're not born in to that type of uh, thinking, you know, so we, we, we're kind of trying to, we have to kind of figure it out. But I don't know, are we on five minutes to? Oh, okay, I, I didn't know that. Three minutes, huh? But anyway, my, my uh, question is, when you go to boat, I know there's going to be a lot of voters that have 16th-inch blocks, 8th-inch wasco, 3 30 seconds, nds 1 64th, 1 quarter, 1 half, 3 quarters, 5 eighths maybe. You know, I don't think one person, I think everything should be tallied up fair. If three people come in and vote for one chief with all 1 eighth Indian Roscoe blood, uh, and then another three come in and vote 3 quarters, another one, so we got three eighths voting, then we got uh, three quarters of a vote. You understand what I'm saying? Got two more come in with half, half blood quorum? They got two of them got half a vote, that's one full vote. I mean, I think that's fair. That's how I look at it. That's fair. I don't think uh, a three quarter Punnett could come in and vote because he's got one quarter Wasco. So, you understand? Know what I'm He's more powerful, than Wasco. Do You understand what I'm saying?
0: Okay, what you're saying is, if, if I'm only one-eighth Wasco, and right. I go in and vote, and my vote counts for one-eighth of a
15: vote. That's all you can count for. And if somebody
0: else goes in and they've one-half Wasco, and their vote
15: counts as one-half of a vote. One-half. So that's what you're saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I think that's honest. That's fair and that's honest. That's the way to do it. right that's right that's right that's how it happens i mean you know i mean i mean that's not a comment i mean that's how i think it should be done you know i think you guys geared everything down to voting now i think you guys try to was so still fighting for for uh, the correct chief see i'm still fighting for the correct chief and that's my question how are we going to handle this voting See, we can't have Twenty one sixteenth inch Wascos come in and vote, uh, and then twenty uh, half half Wasco people come in and you know and get the same thing, you know. It shouldn't that's not fair, you know, because some of them recognize themselves as Paiute. some of them recognize themselves as semasha, see and then there's like me I'm Wasco, See? That's how it should work. See. That's how it was in the beginning anyway. They didn't have districts because they had their own languages. They spoke and did business in their own language. Paiute's did and Paiute and Sanashua's did and Sanashua and the Waskos didn't the language. And that's why there wasn't any confusion. Do you understand? Not, you know, well I'm I i do not want to be the one to blame here. I'm not up there to be blamed about something. I just ask a simple question. No nobody's blaming you, and it's just that the
0: proposal right here that's been circulated, it just simply says one eighth. If you're one
15: eighth WASCO and you're registered in the agency district, then you how, how come I didn't how come I didn't get any input on that? Yeah, that's a setup proposal. That should be left alone. Because when you go when you go to registration down here in the vital stats, they'll tell each and every one of you how much Wasco blood you got, and you don't even tell Alton how much Wasco blood he's got in him. I'm pretty sure I already know, see? Because I'm Wasco. My grandparents they pointed out, told me who's Wasco down here and who ain't. You know. Anyway, that's all I got to say.
0: Going towards yes, you have to be at least some Wasco to vote. Should you be able to vote if you just have a proof of a descendancy, Wasco descendancy, or should it be a minimum blood quantum, 116,
15: 18? One this proposal settled on 1 8 for discussion purposes. Okay. Well, so, let, me, I, let me ask you one more question. Oliver, huh? would you guys, you got gospel? Chief, right? They're one, eight, one eighth Washington. One quarter Washington. They're more I more valuable than the Washington people. Is that fair to the Washington people? They're going to turn on you. You can't leave me and get a Washington chief in again. What turns on okay. you? You can get down farther and get back to walk away. They're going
0: turn on you. Thank you, we, have, we have another uh,
16: question or comment here so this doc this paper here is this um, so you're not following the Constitution and bylaws on choosing the Wasco chief is that what I'm understanding this is about I'm sorry, I don't understand. well you know the the Constitution and bylaws it clearly indicates how the how the chief is supposed to be chosen by tribal custom and I don't think anybody on this reservation is old enough to know what the original tribal custom was I know that the Shahaptans or the Paiutes weren't invited to Wasco meetings when the chief was elected so I I agree with my my cousin there that you know that you know if, if you're gonna be Wasco then do it the right way you know it seems like you guys are like kind of dilly-dally, dilly-dallying around and you know, about it's more documentation on how to choose a chief. And if it's supposed to be tribal custom, isn't that hereditary? Or as the, the Constitution says, successor? Or does anybody know how to read the Constitution around here? You know, look at the other two chiefs. How were they put in there? Joe was voted in by council, which was pushed by his his woman or whatever cousin or whatever she is to him. He wasn't voted in by his district. Neither was Delvis. Delvis, his chieftainship didn't come from lineage or descendancy. So you guys kind of pick and choose on what you want to believe or interpret in the Constitution and bylaws. Then you're always talking about how the treaty says this and that. Does it even mention anything about chiefs in there? There was only one chief down at the Celilo River. That was a salmon chief. So I'm not in agreement with this. Okay, thank you for your
9: comment. I'm not in agreement with this voting, popular vote either. Um, You know, the Wasco chief should not be a political position. If we're going to s- keep having a chief, then you know we need to decide what that role is going to be. Um, we've heard a lot of different good answers tonight on what the chief should be and what the role is, but it should not be a political, um, somebody i think elected by the political process i think we need to find a way to make sure that we do follow the customs as we understand them and we've had several proposals at the beginning meetings like um, one that i suggested was that each of the wasco families pick one person to be their um, representative and then those people get together and decide on who the chief will be That way we have one person from each family. We don't have one big family voting their favorite in. But I don't agree with this popular election. I don't think it's right, and I don't think it follows the Constitution.
0: Who should be the chief? Okay, so you understand? You know, I'm kind of agree with the comment you're saying, but I agree with That's how it used to be.
17: my first time attending one of these meetings, and I just came to listen in. I did not expect my name to be dragged into this discussion the way it was. And to answer Austin's question, how much Wasco am I? I'm proud to say that I'm half Wasco and half Warm Springs. If I were Paiute, I'd be glad to say I was Paiute, but I'm not. And I hope I'm answering your question, and I think what you were saying is I'd only get half a vote. Half a vote, and I don't think that's right. I don't believe that anyone has been able to dictate how they would be born, what their ancestry would be, what your degree of blood would be. You don't have control on that. That's the people that you were born to. They're the ones that come up to to that, that point. And while I've got the floor, as I say, this is the first time I'm being at one of these discussions. And I think there's a big void for what the discussions have been so far. I have not heard anything said about why there's no woman up for nomination. I believe we have some very intelligent women who could serve as a chief. We've seen examples of women chiefs with other tribes. And they've done real good. One of the more prominent ones was Roman Mankiller, and there's others. And I know that the gentlemen who have been nominated as candidates for the chief position, that these are distinguished and respected men. But still, I'd like to ask, can and will there be a box to vote For none of the the above, I like the idea of having writing votes as well. And the third part of my question is, would it be best to abolish the chief concept and work for a one-person, one-vote system and do away with the district system that we have for our political doings on the reservation? Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Elton. Would anybody else like to make a comment on the uh, proposal that's
18: going around, or one of the alternatives that was mentioned? Yeah, I think Charles. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk at the last meeting; we ended early, and I'm not even sure. I feel a sense of being able to talk about the draft form. up against this document here or even put it up against the elected ordinance, it's going to be the prevailing document. So my suggestion would be is all of us, descendants, be allowed to vote for our enrolled members of the tribe. My other concern is um, I don't see anything on here. If, if the people are going to decide to go by this, there's got to be enough time for the enrolled members to change districts. And there's got to be a the time for absentee voters to get their balance back. I would hate for us to proceed forward and choose a successor and leave the absentee ballots out. But why bother with that if we display the provision and the Constitution, have to be all descendants, possible descendants who are enrolled members? All it would take is just one person to uh, claim against the election. And I hate to see the superintendent have it declared invalid and we have to do it all over again. So that's the for talk that I, I wanted to mention. And my other comment is, is just broadly comments about the districts. Me and George and a few others have been freely on the appeals court. We have the inherent authority to interpret. Part of that is putting ourselves into the of our founding fathers, the framers of our constitution. They put the language in there for chief for a reason, and I believe it's provide accountability to the tribal council. Theoretically, every three years, we can have a complete turnover in council. If we abolish the chiefs, theoretically, we can turn over the whole council in under three years. Who's going to be doing the majority of their business? how much time are we going to, have to spend on consultants and our attorneys bringing up the these freshman councilmen on a broad range of issues for the whole spectrum of the tribe. So I believe that's the reason why we should have chiefs in there for life. And I think the other reason why they had a provision in there on the districts is um, their thinking. If we look at the numbers now. One district will dominate, that would be the agency district, some national.
19: Thank you for that. I can superintendent on the first night. Okay. Great. Thanks for your comments. Mike. Good evening, people. Mike Clements, from am In looking at and uh, listening to we the people, the Roscoe people, and I've, in our earlier meetings, in our, in our very first meetings, we came before you as hosting the meeting from the McCorkle clan that our, our uh, Uncle Joe McCorkle was the chief of the Wascos in the past. And so we volunteered to start the discussion. And so we've been at this now for eight meetings. Looks like we're going to number nine. But you know, I I, I like to study the the past and see what the people did and why they did it. And the Wasco people signed on to a treaty, a treaty on our behalf for the Wasco people. And we're only one part of a confederacy. And the treaty is a very strong document that represents us, our participation into the world around us, and we made the, uh, uh, our, our people of the past made the decision to come to this land, and this land is for us. Part of my concern is I, I think that our people are being somewhat pushed aside. Our treaty rights are not being considered, in my opinion, as seriously as they should be. We're a treaty-signing people. The Roscoe people, and we should be respected as such. And it's it's a concern for me in this government we're in now that uh, we're sort of played as the uh, as the weak guy. And I look at I heard about the IRMP process tonight, and I look at that where it's my opinion that uh, the power is now in the hands of a few that decided maybe we don't know what we're doing. So they created the IRMP, they made it law, council approved it, and they basically took themselves out of authority. It's a law now that other people can make the decisions without even going to council. Council never comes to the people anymore to have us vote on serious matters of great importance. They've already decided by small groups up there somewhere. Somebody said earlier, and I agree with it, non-Indians even making decisions on our behalf when our treaty gives us the right as a people to survive on this land and even the federal government itself said with treaty matters we will not interfere with your process this is our process has nothing to do with tribal government Wasco people, sovereign Indian people Deciding who our leader is going to be, and uh, you know, I just want to go there again. I, I say I like to study, study history. The idea of the lineage when you read it in the past, you know, I found this document that talks about a, a man by the name of Mark Meacham. Uh, I can't pronounce the Indian name as clear as I probably should, but it's Tuchahi. First Wasco Chief, treaty signer, 1855, son of Mark, Frank Meacham, succeeded that chieftainship. Son of Frank, George Meacham, succeeded and became the Wormsprings Springs' first Wasco Chief and Secretary Treasurer. Upon George's death, his brother Clifford inherited the title Prior to his death Clifford passed the title to his great-grandson Samuel of Lake Oswego. Clifford also indicated that George, son of George Sr., should be recognized as next chief. Clifford and George's, uh, jo- uh, George's, George Sr.'s mother Georgiana Miller Meacham, who was married to Frank, she was the daughter-in-law of Chief Mark. So you can see the history is is a lineage history. People and family passed it down from generation to generation. Customary tradition that we keep talking about. I go to, uh, then I bounce forward to the, the, the election of 1953. The chief of the Wasco tribe vote for one. Joe McCorkle, Roy Meacham, Cyrus Kachaya, Edwin Scott, if you look at this document that came from our tribal document, there's Agency District, all people identified with Wasco. Simnasho District, all people identified with Wasco. Non-residents, all people identified as Wasco. So the off-reservation people voted in 1953 in that election. Then I look ahead. Joe McCorkle passed away in 1958. Newspaper, Jefferson County, Roscoe election, tribal chief to One Springs Council. A new chief to represent the Roscoe Indians was elected. On May 23rd, new chief is Nelson Willitam. He will join Chiefs Ray Johnson and Nathan Heath. Roscos have not had a chief on the council since death several months ago of Joe McCorkle. In being named new chief, in addition to Wilutam, Avix Miller, Walter Miller, Floyd Miller, and William McCorkle, half brother of the past, were in the running for the position. In the election, Wilutam was granted the longest tenure office to man, a man can possess having the position of chief for life. So those are those are just historical documents that have been taken in the past. In looking at the write-ups uh, in our you know first two meetings we uh, the people that came here for those meetings had decided that we would form a small group to come up with recommendations and from that small group we brought these back to one of the meetings where some other people came new people came and they 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 didn't want a, a voted process and uh, In this one here, after discussion, the group believed the Wasco people should make the chief selection decision on the meeting of the Wasco people. A meeting time and place would be announced and the families would bring forth their candidates involving some of Anita's suggestion. Time would be allowed for presentation. A show of hands and voting process would take place until the people made a final decision. How the candidates would be narrowed down would have to be decided from this place of the meeting. Roscoe people, also to vote at this meeting will make the decision. All that want to participate will need to attend. Who will vote? Voters registered in agency one or more Roscoe, are 18 or older? And that's another question. We have people serving in the military, serving on our behalf that are 18 years old. Do we want them to be able to, to vote? And then we just listed the Candidate qualification, no felonies, knowledge of Wasco culture, knowledge of treaty. So these are some things that that we look at. I just want to say tonight, I think that as Wasco people, we should be proud of who we are. And I I know you are, I'm not saying that we aren't. But for our leaders of the past, we should have them on the wall. We should have them over in the council building, where our people were leaders of the tribe. These were our chiefs. The Wasco people, treaty signers, we're part of this government, and we should stand up and speak on our behalf. Right now, what I'm seeing is our leaders kind of sit back, and there's a strong delegation from the other districts in my, that, in my own opinion, overpower us treaty people, and we need to have somebody that's going to speak up for us that's gonna represent us as Wasco people. And and you can't take a back seat to their, their other tribes. Just like Austin says, I'm a Wasco. I represent the Wasco people. That don't mean I don't like Warm Springs people or Paiute people. You know, I have grandchildren and great grandchildren that are all three. And I don't disrespect them, I love them. But when it comes to representing our tree and where our people came from, then we need somebody that's going to stand up and understand that and take take our consideration to that table. And I think, you know, for 50 years, we had a chief that pretty much did that. So now here we are today, and we need to make another decision. I just hope we can move ahead and, and make that decision in a way that what I, li- I want to see is have somebody, and here we have six people, some of them have come through the family method of saying that they're descendants and, and we should have an election and then I think we should have a big event that recognizes that chief and uh, we should be proud of who we are and we should be proud of the next chief that we select and we should have a big time recognizing that person.
0: Remind us of what the discussions were and what came out of those previous seven meetings, and uh, you know we we don't want to keep plowing the same ground over and over. So uh, we're it's, it's time to close the meeting uh, tonight and. I'd
1: like to thank Charles for listening to, trying to listen to everybody here. I know how hard it was, wish he was meeting here too, <laughs> but um, I heard a lot of good, very good questions to our candidates and they, they answered very good. Squeaky, I really like, like a lot of Oh, And um, the misinterpreted, we always been misinterpreted as knaves and when we're all misinterpreted us about our districts. We we're talking about uh, each district voting for their district. But abolish our districts and vote as one nation. The three tribes, having families, wouldn't be overpowered in each district. We wasn't talking about dropping our district and jumping to another district to vote. Like Mike said, all the districts did vote. You know, I'm glad he brought that up and he spoke very strongly. I what he said? And I can close. And as he said it was. Uh, Washington song uh, like it was mentioned by our from up north most of us was were shakers
18: well, most most,
20: medicine and,
1: and medicine yeah, medicine yeah.
20: medicine, theres <laughs>